Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, the 1st of May, 2022. Tonight is May Day, Beltane, International Workers' Day, and Mayfest, or some say Myfest, in Germany and German-influenced communities worldwide. It is the opposite end of the calendar from Oktoberfest, essentially, among other things. Thank you for joining us for Fear the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Tonight's show contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Uh, while I'm here, let me give thanks to our sponsor and a welcome to my right-hand person and a biggest helper and loyal fan, Joan, who is in the chat tonight. Uh, y'all come join us. Thanks. Alrighty, sorry for the cough drop. Um, typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new air episode airs live each week, and we'll give you recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. Spoiler-free discussion. At 9 p.m., we go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together, and then at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between one and ten. One being Oh my God, this is complete swill. Remove it now. And 10, of course, being absolutely perfect. And we'll give our listeners commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. So please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air because we prefer discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. All right. Welcome to Fear the Walking Dead Season 7. Fear ran the usual front eight episodes, then was on break until April 17th. And there are five more episodes left in Season 7 after tonight. There's already a Season 8 planned at this time. There's commitment to it. And it is said to be going to be released in fall of 2022, although that will be a calendar interesting. So we don't know it's gonna, if it's going to be before, con- concurrent with, or after Walking Dead Classic, which is going to have its last eight episodes ever in the fall also. I believe they're starting in October. 
So I don't know if fear is going to finish up before that or run back to back as uh, they kind of did with World Beyond and both of the shows piggybacked with it at one point. All right. I mean, check in the chat room, see if Joan has anything to add. Um, not really, not at the moment about the show yet. We were kind of talking about social things. Um, just to let you guys know, um, I apologize for any flustering or other kind of seat of the pants stuff going on tonight. Um, I am planning a major family funeral that is happening next Saturday, and so I've been very scattered. Um, but I am here with you tonight. I will do the best I can. And hopefully we can have some fun in the meantime. Alrighty, let me get back to my notes. Um, here's some updates on spinoff projects. Most of this is the same and you've heard it. We do have one new thing, and many of you may have heard, but just in case you haven't, and we'll get to it in a moment. Okay, final season of The Walking Dead Classic. Season 11 has eight episodes left, which is picking back up in the fall. Fear is where we are now, winding up Season 7. There's currently a commitment to Season 8, as I mentioned. Talking Dead, Season 11, Episode 21 is following, but not until 11 p.m. Oh, no, that's a different night. I'm taking that out. That was the last time that we talked about it. Talking Dead has actually stopped airing right now following Walking Dead stuff, and I get really mad that they do this to Fear, and I kind of wonder if it's, Jonah speculated, and I'm agreeing with her theory, that maybe Chris Hardwick doesn't want to do fear because he's aggravated with the direction that it's been going. Possible. Um, there was, on November 11th, uh, 2021, it was confirmed that production for this season of fear was relocating from Austin, Texas, to Savannah, Georgia, which I find kind of interesting. I'm not sure why they would do that. Um, I'm going to assume it's an out-of-character reason. All right, for those who may be behind, uh, World Beyond has ended. That was quite a while ago now, but I'm going to just keep reminding you. Uh, in 2023, the fourth series is coming. Uh, the spinoff with Carol and Daryl, and there is news. Um, update, Melissa McBride has left this show, and I need to be really clear with you guys, so don't be buttheads about this. Melissa personally needed a break and was not ready to commit to the shooting schedule that they were going to need to do. There's no rift with her and Norman. Uh, it, Jeff, Jeffrey Dean Morgan actually got on Twitter and yelled at people because they were being mean to Norman because they thought he ran her off. That's not true. She's just kind of overwhelmed and out of spoons and she needs a break. So be nice to her. Be nice to him. They are still going to do a version of the show and they're still working out what that's going to look like. Current speculation has been possibilities of it being filmed in Europe, possibly France. And I would be very interested to see how they're going to tie that together. Because if you remember, that was the post-credits ending scene in World Beyond when that series wrapped up. There was a discovery in France about some nature of how this started and where it's going and everything. And that took place in France. So possibly Daryl's going to end up with a plot reason to go there when this series wraps up. We shall see. Alrighty. Uh, next. Summer 2022 is going to be the sixth episode, Anthology Tales of the Walking Dead. Um, I've told you everything about that. Just keep an eye on it at the beginning of the summer. It's only six episodes. They've been doing a lot of that lately. Like the whole USS Pennsylvania thing was also six episodes. 
Speaking of which, Dead in the Water, which is said uh, prequel, that is digital only, and it's on AMC Plus On Demand. It already aired, but you can still get it uh, on demand after the fact. Maggie and Negan in New York, we've already talked about. Just reminding you that that's a thing. We don't know when. Obviously, it will be after Walking Dead Classic ends, and it will probably be a plot device that comes out of that. But we don't know any more about when it's actually airing. All right, I'm going to check in the chat room, see if Joan has any further commentary. Not right now, so let's keep going. Okay, it's 8.38. I may be... A little bit slow with some of the info tonight because I still need to actually edit a tiny piece at the end. So I'll do the best I can. Call in to speak with the host at 914-380-314 at any time tonight. You're welcome to call. But we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time because you can talk more freely. You're welcome to call during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the next, next commercial break where we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, feel free to join us in the live chat room. We will be able to listen to the show real-time, as well as go back to the link later and download the episode after the fact. We post that link on Facebook and Twitter, etc., etc. All right. If you're unable to join us in real-time this evening, grab that link, and you can still go back to it after the show is done and download the broadcast. Pardon my hiccups. I'm sorry as an MP3 for later listening. Uh, Just go to the page and click the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right. And you can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. All right, tonight's fear episode is entitled Ophelia. Yes, as in Daniel's Ophelia. Official AMC synopsis is Luciana and Wes test the limits of their patience when Daniel's worsening mental state ends up endangering them all. I got to tell you, I have a tiny little problem with this plot line. Daniel was such a, you know, retired CIA except South America badass sort of dude. And I do not understand why all of a sudden he would be having these kinds of mental breakdowns that have been happening in his plot line. It just, it, I'm sorry, guys, it does not make sense to me why all of a sudden he's going senile or crazy. It's not an age thing, and he didn't get injured, he didn't get poisoned or otherwise screwed with. So I don't understand why all of a sudden Daniel's marbles are getting up and getting off the table, and he's just gone bug-fuck crazy a couple of times, and we're not sure what's up with that. Okay, so if... Anybody has any insight on that that maybe I'm overlooking? Uh, Joan, you're certainly welcome. And anybody, if you want to write into the page or drop us a message or something, I'm, you know, I'm not really picking on fear. I honestly just have a problem with this because Daniel was established as a certain kind of character, and I don't see any reason for this mental illness. You know, the first few seasons, you know, there was a thing when they were on the estate. Uh, Victor's boyfriend's estate, and he had hallucinations of his dead wife coming back, but that was a little different, and it wasn't like a complete break with reality, which is what they're painting the rest of this to be. So it's different, and I don't understand what's setting it off. You know, then I understood. It's just kind of nonsensical. <laughs> All right, Joan has comments on what I just said. She says, 
only a tiny little problem. She has a major problem for the same reasons I just mentioned. Okay, so Joan and I occasionally don't see everything exactly the same, but by and large tend to share basic root-level opinions about the shows. And so I agree, and of course I agree because I said it. You know, and she's agreeing with me that Daniel's painted as a particular kind of character who should be more resilient. So either, now I, I was willing to let it go a couple seasons ago when he was doing it to fake people out, I think Virginia or somebody. Um, that's fine too, because that is definitely up the alley of what kind of person he was. Dan, uh, Joan says, Daniel was one of the strongest characters from the first three seasons, and I'm super salty about the way they've taken this character. Yes. Totally agree with you. I'm giving that applause because, yeah. I, I definitely, definitely agree with that. And you know what? Also this, even though it's the other show. No, whoops, I apologize. That's not the, not the wave I wanted. This one. Yes. Whoever's doing that with Daniel, look at some flowers and have some cookies and piss off. Because we don't like this direction, and it does not make sense. It does not strengthen the story, and it's fine to hold some things back, but there just flat out isn't any reason for it. Um, Joan also mentions that, yes, it was Virginia that he was faking out, and they seem to have forgotten that he was faking and decided to make it real. Just know. And, you know, if that's not what you're doing, if you haven't forgotten that he was faking it, or, you know, I... I'm praying perhaps tonight we'll have a new plot reason to think why he would be faking it again. And the thing is, he's with his own people. So why would he need to do that? They know him and they know, like, there's no reason to be disingenuous with his own tribe. So I don't really get what they're doing. All right. So that's my beef on that. Let me go back and continue my notes. Pardon me just a moment while I get recaught back up. I apologize. Um, okay, I guess I guess that's kind of it. Okay, so I have additional synopsis. I just have the one for you. Um, Undead Walking of late has just been doing things where they have giant previews of, of photos and stuff, and that's lovely because I do try to put photos in the chat room. If you guys join us at the link on the air, you can see those. And if you go after the fact, you should still be able to see them. Um, so I do like to grab photos from the episode to share with you. All right, so here's the extended synopsis. It's 8.44. we got time. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 11, release date by Renee Hansen at fansided at undeadwalking.com. And this was written a week ago, so she starts talking about the previous episode, but they do keep going to this week's episode. So I'll just read you the whole thing. Alrighty. AMC aired the mid-season premiere of the seventh season of Fear the Walking Dead on April 17th. This begins the back half of a season that has set up a war between Alicia and Strand, and we'll see the return of fan-favorite character Madison Clark. Follow me, last week's episode, wasn't quite what the fandom expected uh, after the mid-season finale. Oh, pardon me, that was two episodes ago now. My bad. Um, I set up the war between Alicia and Strand. Fans expected things to pick up with everyone taking sides and going into battle. Instead, they received an Alicia-centric episode that, while doing some necessary character building, did nothing to progress the war that is brewing. I think that's a valid beef. 
it, it's gotten very soap opera-ish. Like we have a scene with this group and a scene with that group. You know, it's kind of like Stephen King's The Stand where you have pockets of characters and you keep jumping around. Although uh, King does it better. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. Viewers meet a new character, Paul Warren Snipe, a deaf man who aided Alicia and helped regain her confidence in her leadership abilities, but he was shot and then sacrificed himself by the end of the episode. Another beef. Arno and his stalkers were also present in this episode, and it was finally revealed why he's hell-bent on killing Alicia. During her search for the reanimated version of Senator Vasquez, many of the cult followers who were Arno's friends had been killed. He gave it his best effort but was unsuccessful, but did live to see another day. We are sure to see more of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, and then Morning Cloak aired on the 24th, and the synopsis was, you know, when Charlie shows up at the tower unexpectedly, Howard recruits a young ranger in training to determine the reason for a visit as a journey beyond the tower together. Charlie's true motives are revealed. And that was last week. So now we are this week. All right, the next episode, Ophelia, uh, it's currently available on AMC+, Plus, but we don't talk about that because we want to see it when it airs live. Um, Ophelia is the directorial debut of Alicia Debnam Carey, and that's kind of nice, who plays Alicia in the series. Oh, there are some serious typos in here. Okay, um, I know Renee Hanson does not even know my show exists or anything, but Renee, if you do watch this, Alicia, the character spells her name with an I, Alicia, the actress, spells it with a Y. So please get it right. That's a very easy mistake to make, and I'm sure she's tired of people making it. Also, you spelled her in-character name A-L-I-C-A. Okay, we can do better than that. I'm, I'm even, like, finishing my episode at the last minute, and I'm doing better than that. So let's please make an effort. All right. She is the third actor, I believe they mean in fear, not in the franchise overall. The third actor to direct, yeah, okay, this is Fear, following Coleman Domingo and Lenny James. This episode was written by, I'll go ahead and spoil this, I'm going to tell you again in a little bit when I do bios, Alex Delisle and David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. Delisle has written and co-written several episodes of the series, and I'm going to cover all that, so I don't, I will cover many, many, many episodes that both these people have written before. They are both extreme veterans of the show. And so on. Okay, the synopsis I just read you. And then they have additional commentary. It has been discussed whether or not Daniel's mental state is real or an act. Okay, perhaps this is something he's truly going through. The title of this series is his deceased daughter's name, which doesn't seem like it's a good sign of things to come. Okay, that's the end of the article. And I agree with her, except also remember that this entire franchise has liked to play with announced titles and plots as a misdirect or even a troll at times. So naming it Ophelia may mean that he has some flashbacks about her or acts confused. So I'm just hoping that they properly explain and get us oriented to why he's going through this. Is he faking or has something happened to him? And it is kind of lame for you to do that when he was faking and then if you make it real. That's kind of stupid. That's that's a really weak plot thing. I'm sorry. I'm going to be a jerk about it. Okay. Joan has uh, further... No, I read that to you. Okay. 
Joan has not made further comments. I just uh, lost my place. Okay. So speaking of writers and directors, it's 8.49 p.m., and I had not actually gotten to finish anything past this point, so I apologize. I'm going to try to catch up in between. Uh, where I stopped was Alicia Debno Carey's bio, because um, this is the first time I've done a bio on her since she's been acting all the rest of the time, so I just profile writers and directors. All right, pardon my drinking. So tonight's episode was written by Alex Delisle and David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. It was directed by Alicia Denham Carey, who obviously plays Alicia. All right. First up, Alex Delisle. Uh, her pronouns are she and her. And I mention this because Alex is kind of a unisex name. Is a writer and director originally from New York City, known for Fear the Walking Dead, Cop Car of 2015, and Puppy Dreams of 2013. She had a daughter this summer, which may be the summer of 2021, I believe. Uh, I'm going to actually say daughter, summer 2021. Yes, because I did her bio the last time she wrote, which was last year. All right, with partner Laura Gillespie. Quote, extremely overdue life update. Grace Delisle Gillespie was born on June 12, 2021. Yes, okay, it was last summer. She's a true bundle of joy, and Laura and I have enjoyed the first 4.5 months of her life immensely. Uh, she's currently based in L.A., and I'm sure they're having fun with Grace, and she's probably walking by now and causing all kinds of havoc. So good luck to you guys on that. Um, Alex received a B.A. in film and TV production and journalism from NYU in 2006. She's currently a TV writer at Writers Guild of America West. Alex was a staff writer for season four of Fear for 16 episodes, story editor for season five of Fear for 16 episodes, and executive story editor for season six. I assume all 16 episodes. She has been a producer for season seven of Fear for 10 episodes so far. They are planning 16, and I'm sure she'll be a producer for the rest of those. Actually, let me just add a note real quick. Okay. Tonight is her eighth time writing a Walking Dead episode in the franchise. The others being, uh, these are all from Fear. Fear Season 4, Episode 4, Buried. Season 4, Episode 11, The Code. Season 5, Episode 2, The Hurt That Will Happen. Season 6, Episode 6, Bury Her Next to Jasper's Leg. Season 6, Episode 14, Mother. And Season 7, Episode 6, Reclamation. She has been on three episodes of The Talking Dead, you know, when they ever host it anymore, <laughs> after Buried, season four, episode four, in 2018, after The Code, season four, episode 11, 2018, and Barrier Next to Jasper's Leg, season nine, episode 19, back in 2020. All righty. Um, Joan had another comment I'm going to share with you guys. Uh, she says, you have a lot more faith in the show's executive producers and showrunners to actually give us a satisfactory reason for Daniel's mental state than I do, but we'll see. Uh, to be very transparent and blunt, this is not an act of faith. This is me pointing out that the show is going to suffer if it doesn't get done. I don't have a lot of faith it's going to get done, but I'm just pointing out that it's really critical. And Hopefully someone in charge of these things will think of that and make it a priority. And that's all I really mean by it. I, I'm not full of faith on the, on 
this team. I'm really not there. After the butchering that season four got, after season three actually got really good, you know, that was just unforgivable. They've really done things to the series. Kind of hoping that when um, Madison Clark comes back, that it'll rescue it. But I believe it's going to be at the end of this part of the season. I don't think it's going to be until the last couple episodes. I think they're going to tease us with it and then make us wait till season eight. Because, you know, frankly, right now, they got to get it done while they're in Texas where they are. Because otherwise, she's going to be too far away unless we have some flimsy excuse for why she's elsewhere. <laughs> you know what would be an interesting flimsy excuse? And I, I wonder if they're ever going to address it. You know, there's been fan speculation that Madison and Rick are brother and sister, which doesn't make sense. But I'm kind of curious how plausible that was. It was just a lot of fans running their mouth. I don't think they really put anything in play in character I can think of that substantiates that. Um, I'm not even sure why people think that. I don't know, Joan, if you want to feel like looking up, like why people think Madison and Rick are siblings, I would be curious. If there is something to substantiate it, it would be a good way to tie everything together. They have several things they've thrown out there since then. Um, Okay, I have notes on Alicia Demnum Carey's bio, and they're they're not cleaned up and consolidated yet, but we've got about five minutes left, and this is her first time tonight, so I want to go ahead and get this in there, and then I'm going to try to get the rest of it for you in between. So Alicia Jasmine Winoe Demnum Carey was born on July 20th, 1993. She grew up in Sydney, Australia, and graduated from Newtown High School of the Performing Arts, where she was a percussionist, in 2011. In her last year of school, she took her HSC exams. I don't know what that is, but I am assuming that some kind of academic thing equivalent to, you know, maybe the SATs or ACTs or something. Um, And she managed to get a top band in six of her courses. She also received the Premier's Award for receiving 90s in six subjects. She's been acting since she was eight and began to make her mark in Hollywood when she traveled to the U.S. for the first time at age 18. She starred as the youngest cast member in Next Stop Hollywood, a six-part documentary that follows six Australian actors as they compete for roles during the U.S. TV pilot season. Her mom, Leonie Carey, is a television writer, and I guess there you go, and she accompanied Alicia on her journey. The documentary aired back in 2013 on ABC One in Australia. I'm wondering if it might possibly be on YouTube if anybody's curious. <clears throat> I'm going to check the chat window and see if Joan has anything to say. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joan says point taken and butchering is the right word. Yes, it is. And she's going to do some digging on the things I mentioned just now and see if she finds anything. Okay. It's 8.56, so let's go ahead and continue. And again, apologies for the kind of cut and paste of the bio because it is literally cut and paste right now. I'm sorry. All right. In 2010... In partnership with the Berlin Philharmonic, she and around 40 other musicians worked together, composed a piece together in a two-week program. In her last year's school, Debnam Carey took her HSC exams and managed to get, oh, you know what, that's a repeat. So we don't even need to see that twice. Okay. 
actually, let me take that sentence out because it was already said. Okay, Alicia has been acting since she was eight, already said, but they do have some new things. She starred in a short feature called Martha's New Coat in 2003. She has also appeared in Dance Academy in 2010, McLeod's Daughters in 20, 2001, sorry, and other television productions. She began to make her Hollywood. Okay, that is also a repeat, and I'm getting rid of that. Again, apologies for this. Uh, Alicia has since started major film productions, such as Into the Storm 2014. In addition, she has had large roles in many Australian short films, and in 2013 landed the lead role in the TV movie The Devil's Hand in 2014. She starred in the unaired AMC pilot, Galantine in 2014, but unfortunately the series was not picked up. In 2014, Alicia began to guest star in the second season of the CW's TV show The 100 in 2014 as Commander Lexa. During San Diego Comic-Con in July 2015, it was announced that Lexa and Alicia would indeed return. On December 1, 2014, it was announced that she'd been cast as Alicia, originally named Ashley. One of the lead roles in the AMC series Fear the Walking Dead came out in 2015, uh, the official companion series and prequel to The Walking Dead. All right, so that is her bio. I'm going to actually go ahead and pause here because the trivia is from last week, and I will try to take care of that while the episode airs. So we are about a minute and change out. I'm going to go ahead and go dark, and I will see you guys at the first commercial break. Thank you for your patience. Okay, guys. It is 9.09 p.m. and we're just at the first commercial break, which actually gave me time to catch up with some of the notes from trivia, so we can talk about that next. Um, I'm first going to go with scoring, and I'm starting with a 4.75. And Joan has mentioned she's going to start low because she's irritated with the Daniel Senelity BS. Um let me go back and read you what she dug up for us, and then uh, we can get her scores and get caught back up with trivia. All right, looks like the original fan theory about Madison and Rick came from finding out that Madison was supposedly born and raised in Alabama, although there was no reference that Rick was from that state. I agree. I didn't see any reference that Rick was from Alabama, so I didn't understand how they made that connection. I was pretty sure he was from Georgia. Um Let's see. In 2017, when Dave Erickson was still the showrunner, he debunked the theory by stating plainly that the two characters were not related. There was also apparently the idea that Madison could be Lori Grimes' sister, but that was even more far-fetched. Yes, they need to stop making this very conveniently connected. One last catalyst may have been that the source material in comics, I know we don't normally talk about the comics, but it's relevant to the question. Um, Rick mentioned having a brother Jeff in the comics, who was apparently in Europe, Spain possibly, and that the show may have played into that, but nothing came of that either. Um, Joan also mentioned in the last scene, wow, that sweater thing on Daniel's head must have been hot as hell. Yeah, it probably was. I, it was kind of odd. And Joan is over the Daniel thing already. Um, Joan is actually starting with a three. I missed that at the uh, end of her last comment. All righty. So I do have some trivia for you guys. Um, I may kind of stretch this out so I can clean it up for the next time that we 
come back in. So let's start with trivia for tonight, season seven, episode 11. Tonight's episode is the 96th episode of Fear Ever. Co-stars tonight include Jacob Kyle Young as Sage, who is one of the stalkers, and Jessica Perrin as Sabrina, P-E-R-R-I-N, as Sabrina. And Sabrina is a survivor of the outbreak. Um, She was a member of a doomsday cult, Teddy's cult. After being chosen by Teddy to be one of his survivors to inherit the Earth, Sabrina survives the coming nuclear fallout in a bunker under the leadership of Alicia Clark. When the bunker was abandoned, she decided to follow Alicia's former second-in-command, Arnold, Arno, and become a member of the Stalkers. All righty. We are back, and I will see you guys at break number two. Okay, guys, it's 9.18, and we are at commercial break number two. So Joan is starting oh she raised up to a four. I'm I started at four seven five. I'm gonna go ahead and go to five, but I think I'm gonna be lingering after that unless things improve. Um the Daniel thing is really annoying me. Um Okay, so first question. Uh the leader of the other group What's with his hand being all Napoleon in his chest? Did he lose the hand or something? Uh, Joan mentioned, she didn't he lose it in the episode before last when he was trying to feed Alicia to the walkers? But she doesn't remember. Okay, so it may be cut off and he's just keeping it in there so he doesn't accidentally try to use a hand that's gone. All righty. Um, let's go back to trivia. So I didn't really get very far, which is good. Actually, it gave me time to get some more stuff. Okay, also starring last week, nobody was named. Oh, pardon me. We're doing tonight's episode first. I beg your pardon. Uh, There hasn't been anybody named as also starring tonight either. Uncredited has not been mentioned. Trivia. The title of the episode, Ophelia, obviously refers to Ophelia Salazar. This episode marks the sixth time in fear that the name of a character is included in the episode's title, the first being Pablo and Jessica, second is Laura, the third is Skidmark. You know, where is Skidmark? Whatever happened to Skidmark? <laughs> um, the fourth being bury her next to Jasper's leg. And the fifth being Cindy Hawkins. Additionally, out of these six episodes, this is the first instance where a main character's real name appears in the title. Um, Joan, if you happen to know what happened to Skidmark, I would be very curious if we had Noah's current status because I haven't heard from him in ages. All right, and I don't remember anything happening to him as a big thing. This episode marks Austin Emilio and Mo Collins' mutual 25th appearance on Fear the Walking Dead. They haven't all been in exactly the same episodes, kind of how that works out. This episode marks the first appearance of Sabrina since The Holding. Oh, and that makes it all interesting. There we go. Coincidentally, both were the 11th episodes of their respective seasons. This episode was directed by Alicia Debnam Carey, who portrays Alicia Clark which makes its third time a main cast member from Fear, directed an episode in the series. The first was Coleman Domingo, and the second was Lenny James, who actually just did that last week, although he's done it before. Um, Trivia from last episode, episode 10, was the 95th episode of Fear Ever. Co-stars were Matthew Ramirez as Ranger Garcia, first name unknown. Um, He is a resident of Strands Tower. Danielle... Bergio as head stalker, stalker number three. 
She's a member of the Stalkers. The actress also played a separate survivor named Judy, a resident of King County, Georgia, who was killed in the early days of the apocalypse in, in webisodes torn apart. Uh, there, she was in three episodes, and she was killed by giving CPR mouth-to-mouth to a walker and got bitten. Um, all right, there's an Apple TV Plus trailer for something. Okay, we're going back to a commercial. All right, let's keep going if we can. Also starring last week was, as I mentioned, not mentioned, uncredited uh, unknown person as Muhammad in a photograph that was Ali's father. And an unknown actor was Tomsey. It, it's weird. It's not Thomas. It's T-O-M-S-E. I don't know how we got his name. I don't know if it was on a on his uniform or what. That was the military walker that Ali fights with in the place where Alicia's finding things for the elevator. Not Alicia, excuse me. Charlie. My bad. Let me see if Joan has commentaries. Oh, Joan, you and me both. She's going to start looking for what's the update with Skidmark. Okay. That that would be good. Okay. Uncredited. Uh, we already just did. So, first and last appearance of the character Ali, played by Ashton Arbab. And he's a resident of Strands Tower, serving as the Safe Zone's armory guard. First and last appearance of Garcia. First and last appearance of Muhammad in the photograph. First and last appearance of Tom Z, zombified. The title of the episode, Morning Cloak, refers to the type of butterfly that Howard sends Ali to find and get for him, for Strand. It's also a reference to Charlie herself in her current condition, as revealed in the episode, Inside Look, because like the Morning Cloak, she only has a short time to live and intends to live it as much as she can. The stalkers are shown to refer to the crater as the pit. Charlie turns 13 during this episode. We are back. I'll see you at break number three. And they are about to put... uh, What is the character's name that's in the cage? I feel really bad because I can't remember it. It's it's in the... Wes. That's it. It's, It's in the synopsis. Okay, so Wes is going in the cage. I'll see you guys at break number four. Okay, guys, it's 9.31. We are at commercial break number four. And I'm willing to go to 5.5 only because in this last scene they are slightly redeeming the memory thing with Daniel, but it's still fecking weak sauce as far as I'm agreed. Um, it, you know, memory loss is fine and thing, but why he's putting it on with his own people is not clear. It's not good storytelling. And I have certainly not written for a major television show or anything, but I can tell a clear damn story. And I don't think that they're doing their best work trying to keep us engaged with what's going on with Daniel. I kind of wondered if he was faking it again, but it didn't make sense that he would do this with his own people where nobody else is listening. That doesn't make sense to me. You know, and if he was cogent enough to be thinking about this to help his memory, to fake himself out, he should have said so. Uh, Joan says, agreed. It makes me wonder if his plans to reunite with Ophelia involve his death. She has gone up to a 4.5, so we're moving kind of at the same amount. Um, you know, it's, it's, we're still struggling. We struggle with the show every week, and that's fine. 
Um, John, do you re- okay trivia? I think that I yes, I had stopped when Charlie turned thirteen in the trivia, and that was last episode. There is a new section. I mentioned this last week when I first saw it starting to crop up in the main source where I get the trivia and everything from. They have a thing called episode highlights during the trivia. So I'm going to read you that, too, because it seems like it's just being trivia. I don't know why it's separate. It's kind of like an extended synopsis, in a way, or a play-by-play. So episode highlights. Charlie is sent by Morgan to infiltrate Strand's Tower and falls in love with Ali. She wasn't sent there to do that. That happens while she's there. Strand is revealed to be sending his people to the crater for some reason. Charlie reveals that she actually intends to run away in order to find the normal life that she was never able to have. I don't think that makes sense, but she did just turn 13, so, you know, maybe she just doesn't know how to make sense. After Charlie collapses, she is diagnosed with terminal radiation sickness by June and Grace. I am wondering if possibly Grace may know of something to help her since she was a tech. I mean, although, to be fair, the only thing that really helped Grace was having a baby who absorbed it all, and that's really kind of awful, so we don't want to put Charlie through that one. Strands people have encountered a number of radioactive walkers like the one seen in six hours and follow me, as does Charlie and Ali. Alrighty. Uh, after going to turn off the tower's beacon in Charlie's place, Ali is murdered by Howard for his betrayal, and June puts Charlie under her protection to save Charlie, causing tensions to rise between her and Howard. John Sr. plans to get close to Strand in order to act as his voice of reason, while June plots to do whatever it takes in order to take Strand down. Deaths in last week's episode. Garcia, who was alive. Muhammad confirmed fate by Ali. Tomzi was zombified. Ali was alive. Two unnamed tower residents off screen. Three, five unnamed stalkers. And many unnamed Texas survivors who were zombified. And there were no errors or bloopers listed. All right, 61st Street trailer. And we are back. I'll see you guys at break number six, I think. Okay. I'm going to go with a 575. It's 939, and we are at break number six. The only reason is just because I slightly feel like Daniel's focusing a little more. Huh? Joan is a 475. We're going up again the same. Uh, Daniel is really lucid about Arno, then Arno shouldn't stand a chance. So i got a uh, question. He took them to that little base they sort of made with all the ladders and stuff, and it is a yacht, but it is absolutely not the Abigail, correct? Because, you know, look at the inside. It's much smaller than the Abigail was. The Abigail was like a rich man's yacht, not just some random boat. Um, But I found that whole thing with Daniel, uh, small redemption. It's not enough, but it's a start down the path that would help. Okay, uh, as I mentioned, Jones 475, I'm at 575, and let me go back to the last of my notes. Oh, cast birthdays this week. Yes, let's do birthdays. All righty, um, Chris Coy, who was Martin in Terminus, May 1st, so happy birthday tonight. He's from Louisville, Kentucky. Max and Lentz, M-A-C-S-E-N, who played Younger Henry. Uh, tomorrow, May 2nd, he's from Fargo, Georgia. 
Christopher Berry, who was Bud, the savior who steals truck for Negan. May 3rd, um, and he's from Texas, but I don't know where. Sorry. Um, Zachary Brendan McGowan, who was Justin, the savior slacker in the episode The Bridge. May 5th, and he's from New York City. Okay, so let's wish all you guys a very happy birthday, and thank you for your work on the show. And yes, Joan reminds me I am correct about the yacht that it is not the Abigail, which would be damn near impossible because it was in Mexico and they're over in Texas. Um, the Abigail was beached and burned in Mexico. That I thought for some reason it was destroyed, but I had trouble remembering entirely. All right, featured music from last week's episode is uh, two songs: Piano Concerto Number no. Three in C Minor, Opus Thirty Seven. Uh, uh, part three, Rondo Allegro by Michael Roll, Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, and Howard Shelley. And the song, The Days, by Will Fox. And that's what's playing when Charlie and Ali da- dance. Uncounted for characters, I'm not going to bother right now. We've talked about this a lot. We've also talked about that Talking Dead's not coming back until the end of the season. Annoying as hell. All right. Shining Girls is now streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. That's the thing that Elizabeth Moss of, um, oh, you know, under his eye, the, the red jackets and the green jackets, you know, it was Margaret Atwood, uh, The Handmaid's Tale TV show. Thank you. Sorry. I'm forgetting things. I'm so frazzled. Really apologize. Um, by the way, Joan, did you ever find anything out on um, Skidmark? I uh, didn't see in the chat where you had an answer for that yet. So just reminding you, I was wondering about that. I do have a couple articles I could read you guys, but I don't think we have time. Uh, since we do have another commercial, let me go over the rest of the season seven of Fear. Episode 97 slash 12 next week is Sunny Boy, May 8th. 98-13 is The Raft, May 15th. 99-14 is Divine Providence, May 22nd. 100-15 is Amina, May 29th. And that's part of the reason that I said that I think Madison's coming back near the end, because Amina is a reference to her interview that she gave to Al. She's one of the people on Al's tapes. And 101-16 is titled to be announced. I'll look. It's going to be on June 5th. I'll look and see if they actually announced the title for that one yet. We are back. I'll see you guys at break number seven. Okay, it's 9.50. I think we are at break number seven. I'm actually going to go to six here. We'll see what Joan thinks about it. Um Joan has discovered not much, but she did find that one of the uh, worthless showrunners gave an interview on Twitch, whatever, that assured listeners that Skidmark was alive. Nothing else yet is to where he ended up. Um, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to my favorite trivia place, and I'm going to look. I like to use the Walking Dead wiki that's hosted on fandom.com. And it's supposed to be moving to another domain very soon, but it's the same people. They have a search function. 
So I'm going to see if they might know something because once in a while they do. All right, Skidmark, Animal, Walking Dead. Um, first appearance was The Hurt That Will Happen. He is still considered alive that they know of. And let me see. he hasn't really been seen or heard from since season six. So I'm dying to know. Like, okay. They seem to have reason to think in the episode at the beginning, although unseen, Skidmark survives a nuclear explosion destroying Texas. He is considered alive. But there doesn't seem to be much substantiation. So, you know, in your defense, Joan, it isn't well documented. And an interview on Twitch, really? That's freaking accessible for lots and lots of fans who are not tech-savvy dorks. All right. Um, Joan hasn't found anything since then. But um, also she mentioned, recap of Follow Me episode mentioned that Arno's hand was hurt, but not how. And she was right about Arno's chances against Daniel. Yes, I, I think we all saw that coming. Daniel is very good at faking people out. He has demonstrated that in many episodes, some less lame than others in the earlier years. Okay, we're in a Capital One commercial. Let me give you what else. Okay, other upcoming shows in NDB Media include... Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega tomorrow night, Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger Dean Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. Speaking of Roger on StreamYard, since we don't have Talking Dead coming up, I should let you guys know that in an hour after we go off the air, 11 p.m. tonight Eastern Time, Roger's going to be on StreamYard recapping a recent trip to Alaska that he made. You can go to the NDB Media uh, page on Facebook and find the link to go listen. That was a last-minute entry. Uh, Usual fandom access we can review Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the ingenious interviewers, Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they digest another night of television. Um, The Rock and Roll Shrink radio show. Uh, We were due to air the 27th, but... For personal reasons, health and family related, we were unable to do the show, so we're going to be repeating it uh, on the 11th. And please join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. The Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. The topic will be, who are you? Obviously with a nod to the who. How we form self-identity. All right. And last but not least, no, that is from last week. Apologies. I will see if I can get you the next episode of Travel Itch Radio description for you guys. I will attempt to get that for you, and I can give that to you at the end of the episode. All right. I think we're having another trailer for 61st Street, and so that means we are probably about ready to go back. And that's fine. All right. Let's see if I'm right. Yep. All right. See you guys at the end. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 10.05. I will make this short and sweet. 
really pissed at Luciana at the end of the last scene. She should have come clean with Daniel. I don't like this whole thing. I really wanted her to tell him the truth. I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. You guys are doing better by getting away from it. Now you ruined it. Um, all right. Skidmark has been mentioned in the episode. Daniel says he lost him. I kind of thought it might be fun if Madison had him, although that's probably unlikely. But I actually don't remember the timeline. It could it could be possible. All right. Uh, Joan mentions uh, she was hard when Nick first met her back in Mexico, but this level of cruelty wasn't in her. And, yeah. Well, no. You know what? Yes, it was, because who helped? With the poisoning with Kalataka in season three, that was Lucy. So, yeah, it is in her. It's just rare. And she's not doing it to be cruel. I think she's doing it because she doesn't get what's going on with Daniel, and she needs him to be this person, and if thinking that Ophelia is in the tower will make him be that person, then fine. I really don't blame her entirely. I, I think if she thought she could be straight with Daniel, she would. I was just hoping she would. All right. And then Joan also says, once more with feeling, she can't see the original West turning against them just because of Luciana and ending on a five. I'm ending on a six. And I agree with you about West. So, okay. Um, I have the Travel Itch Radio summary real quick on Thursday the 5th. It would take weeks to see everything Tennessee has to offer from Great Smoky Mountains National Park and Dollywood to the Chattanooga Choo Choo and Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville, America's Music City. Join Travel Itch Radio on Thursday, May 5th, as Roger Noriega, who is pinch-heading for traveling host Dan Schlossberg, and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee interview Mary Caitlin Price about her great state. Thank you, everybody, who joined us tonight. And those of you who may be listening later on via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special thanks to our host, NDB Media. We hope you guys will join us next weekend for another live watch party on the same network. Please watch our Facebook page for showtimes and episode links. See you all next time. Thank you for being here with us, and good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.